I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Way Up North podcast. This is a podcast series where we're getting to know uh, some of the wedding photographers uh, who are presenting at Way Up North in Rome of 2017. My name is Jenny Hamar. I'm a Stockholm-based photographer who will host this round of conversations. And this here is a chat that I had with a very pregnant Anna Ambrosi, who is an Italian wedding photographer based in London. Uh, We talked about so many things, her total career change, um, how most wedding photographers have issues about our most precious resource, time. And finally, some do's and don'ts when visiting Italy. Good for all of you who are planning to attend the Way Up North conference in April in Rome. Enjoy. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Oh my God, it's so dark here. Um, Okay, well, I started the recording, so here we are. It's the podcast. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're, um, yeah, we've never met before, except I saw you um, in Stockholm here when you spoke at the Modern Museum, which was awesome. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but where are you now? Um, I'm in London. I'm living here at the moment. So I moved here around three years ago. So now I'm kind of living here as long as possible okay but you're Italian yes I am uh, um, I'm originally from Verona which is a kind of small town close to Venice and then I moved when I was around 18 years old to Milan and I stayed there for 10 years more or less and then I moved here so okay so is the Verona is that Romeo and Juliet yeah, city. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much the perfect city to start for a wedding photographer. I would say, but oh, that's right. But you never, yeah. but you don't shoot weddings there then normally, or no, actually not. That's pretty funny. But I started when I was in my probably last year in Milan, and I really just started, and then and it got serious when I came here in London. So yeah, I never really worked in Verona actually. Okay, so how long have you been working as a wedding photographer? Uh, this year, I mean, 2016 has been my fourth year in activity. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, especially because uh, I came from quite a different background. I was used to be a business consultant before, so it has been quite a change for me. So what, what happened? How did the change come about? Well, uh, so this this is kind of a tricky one because um, there was there was a friend of mine who was a photographer who once told me, uh, Anna, have 
haven't you understood already that all the photographers uh, became a photographer because they have some kind of trauma in their lives uh, or some kind of issues they need to deal with? And actually, I think it's pretty much true because the more I get to know other colleagues, the more I realize that a lot of us have have some kind of situation that made them kind of open their eyes or change their lives and get into a life that kind of suits their needs better so and I'm no exception so I also have my super sad (laughs) drama story behind this decision uh I well business consultancy wasn't that bad to be honest because it was a great job very well paid and uh, it took me a really great deal of effort to get to have the, the degree and and the work the job but uh, I wasn't free at all eventually because uh, I mean I was used to think that maybe if I had the money to do whatever I wanted to uh, I would have been completely free to do all the things that I wanted to yeah but uh, uh, it's actually not like that because when you get into that kind of system, uh, there are a lot of things that really don't allow you to be free at free. all. Yeah. So yeah, you have the time. Uh, you don't get to decide about your own time. You always have to ask to someone else. And what's worse, you uh, even if you work for a. a huge amount of hours per day it doesn't mean that you are actually doing the job in the most intelligent way you can do like isn't it's not that the quantity of the time you're working on something determines the quality of the job you're actually doing okay yeah and actually increases the feeling that you are kind of wasting your time because you could do it better if in less amount of time but yeah I would say uh, what happened to me is when my father died uh, in the hospital eight years ago it wasn't really a nice story overall so uh, it was kind of complicated to get out of that thing because we have a trial on going on for that and um still still today so it's kind of complicated but uh, I realized I was 24 at the time and I realized that the only thing that was really precious in my life was time which sounds pretty obvious (laughs) at this point like I mean everyone says that and it's crazy that we don't really get to realize that unless something very huge happens to us like we all keep on saying that but actually just just when you uh realize it kind of physically you get to do something about that yeah this is why i basically decided to change my lifestyle more than my job i mean photography came pretty naturally but i i would say it could have been maybe also something else i just wanted really to take charge of my days and be free to to work of course but to to do what i wanted to when i wanted to i interpret it as also having like where even the time where you're working is not just time that's not useful for something else but also 
enjoyed time. I mean, like, exactly. time that's worth it. Yeah, um, it's more about the quality. I mean, we're we're gonna spend a great deal of time working in our lives, right? So, yeah, uh, I it's not that I, I'm not the kind of person that thinks, okay, I just want to do my uh, eight hours per day job and then coming back home and uh, uh, close everything else out. Uh, I feel, and plus my, my family has always had uh, quite a respect for for working, for jobs. They, they, they always uh, thought that working was a way to realize yourself as well, as a person. Okay. And I totally agree on that. And so mm, I wanted to... I mean, that my daily agenda may make sense somehow to yeah. myself to feel that I was doing something right for me. And I, I wouldn't push it too meaningful because, like, sometimes I feel like in our industry, we are <laughs> we tend to overload what, what we do in a way. So I wouldn't say, like, meaningful for mankind or those kind of stuff. But anyway... Uh, something that made sense with me, but, at least. But definitely, I mean, I don't think it's wrong to say meaningful. It's first of all, it's meaningful to you, obviously, because you you're so aware of how you're spending your time, and that it's supposed to be, you know, not just putting in the hours or whatever. But I mean, the work, the photos that you create are so meaningful for the people you create them for I mean and we know this because we know that you know I mean obviously kind of the worst case is that somebody does pass away and you know you have those photos left but also to just capture those moments that in in a wedding sense I can imagine you you know when you're married for a long time to see those photos can also be very meaningful yeah no, definitely. good and bad times um yeah so there's so uh, many yeah, yeah i just wanted to add something about this thing because uh it's something that i'm thinking a lot these months and i have the feeling that uh as an industry we in the last few years maybe we have talked a lot about this um I don't want to, I mean, the design issues, like, uh, we, we tend to connect the value of what we do, uh, with the, the, the fact that we are going to die sooner or later. And so, or someone in the picture is going to die sooner or later, mm-hmm. um, which is of course true. I mean, the, the value of a photography comes directly from the memory it keeps so it it's it's something that is actually connected but it's i feel that sometimes concentrating on that issue specifically makes things a bit too simple because there are so many things between and so many other meanings between the wedding pictures and the I, the huge memory issue when someone passes away. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a very easy way to understand why something is important, but sometimes I feel like we uh, risk to make it a bit flat. I don't know how to, how to express it. I mean, tell me more. I'm, I'm super interested. 
Well, I, I, I don't. I mean, it's a bit, it's a kind of a complicated uh, issue, probably, because of course, uh, reminding ourselves that um, our life is kind of going to end sooner or later is a super easy and clear way to understand why our job is so important. But I also feel that sometimes keep on talking about that is uh, leaving any other uh, maybe more dedicated shadows outside the discussion because everything, of course, tend to lose value or to get another mm, overwhelming value connected to the fact that we all are going to die. And I feel that, and again, I'm telling this considering that I've been through something like that. So, uh, and I decided to change my job and my whole life based on that. So I, uh, I feel why it's important to talk about that. But I also feel like in the last few years, we have talked, a lot about that. Um, uh, it's not that, I mean, I, I get the point, but I think we should also start to give value to all the other things that are in between uh, without constantly reminding us that uh, they are important because we are all gonna die or someone is going to die in a way. I mean, I know it's kind of simplistic to talk like that, uh and again i'm sorry because of course i'm not mother tongue, english mother tongue and in italian i will be probably way more precise but um really uh there's nothing wrong in the desire of our grandmas to have a proper family picture or uh, to have like the normal pictures just because they want to have it just because it's nice to have the feeling that our family is uh, um, taking some step ahead that there are probably children going to be born in in the next years or I mean uh, or just because I don't know they they put a, a great deal of effort in choosing the location or the settings and they just want to celebrate it. I mean, there's there are a lot of things in life that are not directly connected to the fact that we are going to die. And I feel like wedding photographer, we also need to remember about that because we are doing something important we are not saving lives on the other hand so right we're not saving uh, so and you mean like don't you think that it's something that we say to give our work meaning though I mean that it's like I wonder I just speaking from my own experience mm-hmm. if I think about the fact that I'm not saving lives in you know I'm not um, volunteering in Africa or whatever things that I probably <laughs> should yeah. be doing. No, but at least it gives some meaning to think that I'm I'm bringing some sort of um, heirloom, you know, the, those words yeah. that are used, but like some something that you know that people are cherishing and loving. Um, yeah, yeah. No, without no, no, without making it seem like, you know, 
<laughs> I'm not saying that it's like I'm a lifesaver, but just that it's something that maybe we tell ourselves to make it feel more important. <laughs> no, 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 I totally agree. And I feel it's important to keep like this feeling with us because it also, it's, it's what allow us to be respectful uh, towards our clients because mm-hmm. uh, we do a very... Um, a repetitive job so it's easy for us to kind of forget the import the single importance of the single event mm. for our clients or i mean it, it can be easy to just think uh, oh god another wedding but it's not another wedding for our clients it's always uh, once in a lifetime experience so this is absolutely important what i'm saying is just i feel that we um as as an in, again just talking as an industry we have researched a lot about these specific aspect of our jobs lately mm-hmm. and we i feel uh, or at least i would love to see more research on uh, other aspects as well because it's not that if you dedicate your uh, exp- your professional experience to some other aspects of, of wedding photography, you are not giving meaning to your job. It's just, just you're um, exploring another meaning. Like, uh, for example, I really love uh, last, The Last Way Up North. Uh, Kirsten Marie Parker, she did that. To, to me, it was really outstanding speech because she was very deep into something that to me was incredibly meaningful and incredibly respectful toward the clients and it was like a true deep uh, work of research towards them and, and what about it did you can you talk specifically about what she said that you yeah she liked? was talking about uh, the way she tries to connect with her clients uh, trying to give them what they naturally need based on their behavior or their uh, attitude basically and she I mean the impression I got is that she really studies on yeah on them and she and she researches actively in order to give them a better service in this uh, this way and I think it was a very very deep discussion into the way we can um, improve ourselves in order to give our clients a meaningful job to deliver them something that's really professional and important and meaningful and she did all of this without necessarily stressing the fact that uh, yeah sometimes in some situation you face uh, uh, I mean, big life issues like and people dying again or this kind of stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I, I really appreciated that kind of uh, angle that she had yeah. there. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. I agree, that was very interesting. And she was talking about being able to also make it that day easier for the, the couple exactly by knowing them like pulling them away from situations to have some time to just kind of land and breathe (laughs) yeah to to the ones that that they need that or like she she was 
I mean, it was very inspiring to me, actually. And I think it gave me to think a lot after the speech and the way I connect to my clients. And uh, I think that these kind of speeches, this kind of uh, um, research is really what we, we could be doing in the next few years because we... I kind of feel like we got we do an important job. We got that. What the, yeah. yeah, so it's like an got industry that. trend like, yeah. to say like what we're doing is creating heirlooms. Okay, now we've done that. So and, yeah, and I, I mean, really, it's like not basta. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not against anyone, really, because I, I'm the first one. Like uh, my whole branding and I'm I really really into this hair room uh, and heritage things so I'm totally on the same page with that but I, <laughs> that's probably why I'm kind of starting to look for something else because I want to 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 go further in a way yeah but um speaking of heirloom and heritage it has come to my attention that <laughs> you are in the in the works of creating another generation. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Tell me about your life situation. You you're just showing me your face right now. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. No. You you want to see the bump? Yes. Well, wow. It's big bump. Seven, seven months pregnant. Yeah, and something. Yeah, I, I kind of lost the count. For I realized for two months, I said to everyone, "Yeah, I'm five five months pregnant," and then I suddenly realized, "Oh gosh, I'm seven. So <laughs> I've missed the whole six months. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, congratulations! Thank you. There's been well, uh, I travel quite a lot for work. Like I will say. 98% of my weddings are abroad. Oh, wow. So uh, this season, uh, I traveled really a lot with my tiny one. <laughs> um, wow. So he or she has been... He, he, he has, has been... He is a boy, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Italian son to an Italian mother. Yeah. Oh, what's this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you more. He's going to be with us uh, in Rome next April because he's going to be like uh, one month old or something. So Can I hold him then? Of course. <laughs> Everyone can. I mean, seriously, if there's any babysitter. Uh, no, right here. Right here. Just, there, like, just please, <laughs> don't worry. Come squeeze him, do whatever you need to. Okay, I'll just book him for those two days of the conference. That's so the rest of you, hands off. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. So you know it's a boy and it's your first child. Yeah. So, okay. So what kind of parent are you going to be? Because we're all experts before, before we actually have the kids. Hmm, who knows? No, actually, I know that anything I'm thinking now is not going to be what is going to happen probably I guess more or less the only thing that I got talking with other people that had children uh, I'm a bit scared to be completely honest because I really like the life my husband and I have built for us we we love the way we live we we love where we live and uh, we are totally aware that uh, welcoming another one with us is gonna alter some 
Change, some things that, yeah yeah <laughs> so uh we really don't know how it's going to be but what we hope is that since we love the life we have he's gonna love it as well so uh for example next year uh we are lucky enough to um to have uh, Ricardo having a uh, three months parental leave. So okay. he's going to travel with me and the baby so I can actually work from June to August without being too stressed out, especially because, as I said, I'm, I'm always abroad for, for all the works, basically. So um, it wouldn't be that easy for me uh leaving on the Fridays and coming back on the Sundays when, when, when it's a, like a short one, yeah. uh, with, uh, a baby that small. So we, he is going to just give up on his job for three months and come with me. Oh, and, that sounds so nice. Yeah. It's going to be a bit of an adventure because every, some, some people, when we talk about that, they, they kind of freak, freak out and say, Oh, no, you're totally crazy. Like, how in the, in, uh, are you gonna travel all that time with the tiny baby and everything but i don't know like uh well first it work. Oh, I mean, yeah first of all you need to work to to pay bills right so there, there's not much of a choice and secondly uh i feel like babies that small probably just want to have their parents happy and close to them so mm-hmm. if we are both close to him and happy to travel he's gonna be fine as well i don't know yeah <laughs> just plus, i mean here. it's a great time for uh ricardo to connect with the baby too because otherwise sometimes it takes a while i think for them to have that kind of connection where you're just like the one to go to when they're really if they're sad or tired or hungry yeah so i don't know let's hope it will work out well we'll see we'll see in rome so bear with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that it's i mean obviously nobody knows what it's going to be like but you it's kind of fun to imagine i mean the life and i i'm pretty sure if you love your life now yeah of course it's going to change i mean drastically but I think you probably haven't met anyone who says, they may say, okay, I miss these things about my old life, the freedom, the, but they probably wouldn't take it back. I mean, like, not have the baby. <laughs> Most people are pretty... Yeah. pretty well, it's a, I think it's a prior, priority thing in the end. Like, if you, if you know it's an experience you want to have in your life... Uh, you just I don't know if you can you make it happen and then you solve all the issues uh, day by day or whatever comes first because there's never going to be like the perfect time or the perfect situation or even when you get that the life changes everything because I don't know some huge surprise good or bad just comes in so I don't know. I don't feel like we should wait for the right situation or the right everything to happen in order to make this, I mean, life life choices this big because eventually it's not really up to us what is going to happen. So yeah. 
That's true. No, it's very true. And I think, like you said, it's, it's one of those things where if you wait too long, then you're so set in your ways too. I mean, which is fine. You can be that and it can change your world upside down. So there's no right or wrong, but, but, um, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. If we have, if we have the same conversation in one year, maybe I can tell you more about that and say, oh gosh, no, (laughs) but you're like, oh, it's going to be fine. No, but I, I know people who have made it work. (laughs) Okay. That's good. That's good. And, uh, and I know that the thing that they have said is that it works and it was good. Um, I maybe wish I would have been nicer to myself also to just let myself relax more kind of in between. So it it is intense and, and, you know, your body will probably do crazy things when you hear your baby cry or you have a feeling that your baby is not well, you know, whatever. So that's exhausting, but you can't really measure it. So maybe plan for more downtime in between. Yeah, he makes himself uh, quite clear already. So (laughs) I I basically ignored him until the last wedding of the season. Like I was going everywhere and doing everything. And now is kind of sending some messages like, mom, just slow down. Chill out. (laughs) And and I'm taking the suggestion this time because besides I'm really big and everything. So... Okay. It's easier to take it. Just easy. yeah, I'm taking it easier now. So you are are you like done with weddings for this year or do you have lots of work to do still? And I still I'm still delivering a few stuff but I'm not shooting until uh well May or June I will say. Okay. Next year so yeah, I'm taking some time off. I I, I have some uh speaking appointments in the next few months maybe but uh, I, I will be stuck in UK anyway from January to the due date so yeah I won't be able to move anyway and we are on an island so, <laughs> so there's no choice it's over for a while there's always the euro star what uh what's the due date uh, sec- 2nd of March but everyone says it's gonna be late because it's the first one and this thing so don't listen to that. It could yeah. <laughs> be, it could very well be two weeks before. You just well, got to be ready. Yeah. Yeah, we will find out in Rome, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Do you have names picked out? You don't have to say what they are. Yeah, yeah. No, we picked the name, which is uh, Teodoro. Teodoro. Yeah, it's, it's an Italian name. Not everyone is uh, super enthusiastic about that. But my husband and I are really, I don't know, we like it. It makes us laugh a bit. And so <laughs> we got attached to it. It makes you laugh? Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, so it's, funny. Uh, yeah. So every time we call him, we laugh. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Teodoro, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> So I, uh, when I, uh, I actually lived in Italy for about a year and I had an Italian boyfriend and I remember his Italian mother was kind of the epitome, I think, of Italian mothers, like really what you would, what people hear. Now, my question is, 
living in kind of UK and being there for three years or whatever, what kinds of things do you realize about yourself that are super Italian? And what things do you think are, are not? Oh, oh, this is a good one. So, well, I'm very Italian in the way we cherish our family traditions, which is very different from uh, the English way of doing the same. Like, I feel like English people have a lot of heritage in terms of their country and they really care about their uh, their um, traditions in that field but they are much more flexible on family uh, tradition and ways to get together while um, Italian families especially my one it's they are very traditional so uh, I mean the Christmas menu has been the same since ever and you can't just change one of the dishes because someone is going to be mad, like seriously. <laughs> like crazy. About that. Yeah, no, no, there's no way. Like, uh, <laughs> seriously, uh, my husband and I turned kind of vegetarian uh, one year and something ago. But the Christmas lunch is something we just can't deal with. Like, we, we know that they... We, we are not going to have a vegetarian dish because they're, I don't know, my grandma is going to die probably or something <laughs> like, I mean, something terrible is going to happen. So this way, I would say I'm still quite Italian because I really cherish family traditions. Um, uh, I miss when I don't get to be back home for some kind of um, yearly uh, celebrations. <laughs> sometimes happen uh on the other and i'm i really get along with english people for other things like they are very discreet in, uh how can i say in dealing with relationship mm -hmm. especially on the workspace and so which is something that in italy doesn't happen <laughs> so you mean discreet like um uh, they are more detached in a way, and I feel I always felt like being having a certain amount of detachment on the workspace is something very healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so I kind of appreciate that in the English people, and Italian really don't have this thing, like absolutely not. And I'm probably more English on that point of view. So, like, what's an example of an Italian person <clears throat> not being detached? Uh, well, they, they get mad <laughs> quite a lot in the workspace. And they uh, there's a kind of energy that takes over in the, in the Italian offices uh, that usually here in the UK is more calm and managed. Okay. And uh, that this, this is something or... In Italy, you really get to be friends with your colleagues most of the time in the office because, uh, I don't know, the first thing, they, they invite you over for dinner and then you get to know uh, their families and everything. And in like one month, they are, I wouldn't say best friends, but almost like you know everything about them. And here, just 
doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. So unless it's like really special connection, but it doesn't really happen. And on on one hand, it's bad because, of course, it's uh, harder to create meaningful connection to people, with people. But on the other hand, it's also healthy when you need to uh, switch Mm -hmm. off. You don't become as like kind of intertwined with every aspect of work. Yeah, I can imagine. It also allows you to be more chilled with clients and everything. So, uh, yeah, that's something that I'm probably more English about. That's nice. Do you think you'll move back to Italy at some point? Hmm, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I'd no like promises. To, uh, yeah, no promises. Uh, I'd like to stay here for a while or at least... Uh, I mean, if this baby gets to be English mother tongue, I think it's a very precious gift for him in this world. So I'd love for him to stay at least as long as necessary to to be fluent in English. Uh, so maybe meanwhile, meanwhile, we'll get better as well. English <laughs> uh, is very good, though. I was thinking, I mean, uh, compared to what I was faced with when I was living, I mean, that was a while back, but... I mean, your your English is very good. I'm doing my best, but I'm very, very picky with languages. So I don't feel like I I, I get to express myself the way I, I'd love to still. So three, I'm still trying to improve. And I'd love for I love my child to be uh, Italian and English mother tongue. So I guess a few years still, yeah. at least. Um, I'm I'm not sure I will be moving back to Italy straight after this. Maybe we'll move somewhere else again. It it depends more on my husband's job, to be honest, because he um, he's a mechanical engineer and here is perfect for him, okay. and I can do my job more or less wherever. So, but he's Italian. Yeah, Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's Italian as well. And how did you meet? Ah, uh, this is a sh- shameful story. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect material. <laughs> we met on a disco night. That... Okay. And uh, we have a misunderstanding, basically, because uh, I was a bit drunk. So I told you, this is really shameful. I should. Uh, I was really drunk, and I needed to go to the loo, and so I uh, asked him if he could please uh, have my wallet while while I was going to the toilet. Just, and he oh. thought, "Oh God, oh God, this is a girl for sure. She's so into me." And uh, <laughs> I, I, I really didn't mean that at, at the time. You were just like, I didn't even. Uh, yeah, I had I, beer like, goggles on. Yeah. <laughs> So when I came back, he just kissed me, and I thought, "What? Why is you're like who is this guy?" <laughs> but eventually, I thought, "Well, yeah, I like this no like no romantic approach at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, let, let's go straight to the point." And yeah, somehow, uh, three years later, we were engaged. <laughs> so it's a kind of a misunderstanding. <laughs> That worked out eventually.
Did you even recognize him as the guy who was holding your wallet? Just yeah, to gauge yeah, no, kind no. of how you're... Okay. So he was a friend of a friend, so I, I oh, didn't, oh, okay. like, left my wallet with the, the first guy. But okay, I thought it was... <laughs> I wasn't, like, planning on the development. I didn't thought that would have been taken as a signal to go. <laughs> Typical <laughs> guy to just be like, oh, she's so into me. I yeah, mean, like what? <laughs> For sure, of course. Like she asked me to hold something. Your <laughs> message to me, like. But <laughs> we talk about that. We he he says, well, you know, we got married, so eventually I was right, right? <laughs> and I was like, yes, but but oh, yeah. We we could discuss intention <laughs> at the very beginning, but yeah. <laughs> so so typical girls are like oh i don't know if he's into me da, da, da. guys are like she's she wants me she wants yeah, me that. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> that's confidence for you yeah <laughs> but it worked out so yeah. thanks to that moment and that yeah case. i love confidence in people that i find it really sexy so yeah hard. that's good i like that too i like and that's kind of for me it's kind of an italian quality actually speaking of that stuff, a lot of like a kind of, um, you know, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I think so. And plus, I mean, if you if you want something, uh, you you really have to put yourself out there and get it right. Like, I mean, not too much because, yeah, there are there are things that you shouldn't do, of course. Yeah. But um, in a general point of view, if you don't have the courage to to expose yourself for something you care about. Maybe you don't care about it strong enough. So, yeah. I mean, on my point of view. So I, I, I kind of appreciate when people take <laughs> courage into their hands and just go with it. Yeah. yeah. No, I do too. I love that. I think uh, that's kind of... <clears throat> Swedes are not great at that, actually getting better but that's a big cultural difference i think well we can we can manage to have a swedish italian kind of uh, <laughs> side class in rome for for this i'm sure there are plenty of italian that will love to uh how can i say uh, evangelize. <laughs> evangelize. <laughs> and so i have a funny story about that uh we had some some friends of my uh, my best friend were here in stockholm a group of Italian women that were here for a few days. And so she had asked me, this is right when I had gotten back from living in Italy. So my Italian was pretty fresh, but we had spent like um, a day together and basically they didn't speak very much English. So I had been speaking Italian and I was kind of helping them guide around Stockholm and stuff. And in the evening they were asking me like, um, so have you ever been to Italy? And and my friend was like, aren't you thinking about the fact that she's speaking Italian to you? Like, yeah. And they were like, it was like they just kind of assumed that everyone speaks Italian. Or, I mean, like they didn't even, they were kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Yeah. And we've been laughing about that because it's kind of like this... Um, and I don't mean to offend anyone now at all, but like kind of this idea that like, yeah, well... Certo. Like, why? Of course, doesn't everyone kind of, you know? Well, I don't think it's like they they expect you to speak Italian. It's more that we are uh, 
always trying to express ourselves with foreign people with this kind of Esperanto made by gestures and Italian and some words in English and some words in God knows which other languages. And we make ourselves kind of understandable in all the ways we have, but we don't really label what we do as, I don't know, yeah, I'm speaking in English or I'm speaking in Italian. We just go with it. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is, yeah. We just try to deliver the message. We don't really care about... You're not thinking like, oh, that person is speaking, I mean, like, hmm, analyzing the situation. You're just no, like in me. the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, as long as it works, it's fine. Yeah, and then you're just... Yeah, that, that totally explains it because it was just like such a weird thing to us that like, why would you... Why would you ask that if someone's speaking to you in that language? I mean, like, just such a weird... We are not really a kind of a... I mean, if there's something we really lack uh, is probably self-esteem as a country most of the times. So we are not the kind of uh, country that goes out and says, oh, I expect you to speak Italian at all. No, we just, no, no. <clears throat> no, and just, I didn't mean it like that. Like, no, 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 no like but I mean, yeah. it's not, it's, we really don't expect people to speak our language. And plus... Uh, I mean, we speak the same language since, I think, 1950s, something like that, when, when the television came into the houses before. And, and still, like, my grandmother can't speak with my husband grandmother. They can't understand each other. There's no, because they come from two different regions and they speak dialects and there's no way they can communicate. <laughs> Like so, we we don't really expect people to understand us or to speak Italian. We just uh, we just don't really. How can I say? We just really don't care. Probably we just go and try to make our ourselves understandable in some ways. Yeah. Do you do you think you're going to be like a typical Italian mother? Like I was kind of touching on earlier. Do you think you're going to be? Gosh, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least in the in the way people usually think about Italian mothers. But I know there's a risk, like a genetic <laughs> risk about that. So I hope I will have the strength to uh, to be faithful to what I think now and leave him as free as possible. And so uh, it is more a challenge with myself than with him at the moment, I think. So because at, at the moment I'm fine. I feel like I'm still kind of, I get my act together more or less. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know because everyone says when you actually have the baby, there's something in your body, in your chemical situation that kind of makes you feel different and you get crazy about this baby and everything and you just want to hold him for like the rest of his life <laughs> and uh, uh, so I don't know I hope I will just <laughs> myself together and around a reasonable age he'll be I mean free to go and do whatever I, I was really independent since very young age and I remember I was so keen to travel and do things myself and 
I, I desired that so much that probably this memory is going to help me through that. <clears throat> yeah. I asked my friends to, to be very honest with me and slap me in my face if I get to be like too. Because in your opinion, the Italian mother, the bad part is that they don't let their children be free or like move away or kind of do those things or what? Yeah, well, we tend to be very, as Italian, very, very conservative in some ways, like of this the situation, the family situation, mm-hmm. and yeah, usually parents want. I mean, they are very supportive for their children to children, and please note the air quotes here to stay mm-hmm. home. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you mean they can, they can be adult and still be living at home? Yeah, I mean, that's quite normal. Yeah. Children still be home. And sometimes they are not like concretely pushing them away, which I, I on, on some sides I understand because the uh, situation in Italy is not always as easy as uh, foreign people. Yeah. Picture. So it's, uh, it's not easy to find jobs and. I mean, I, I get it's hard and it's more convenient to stay together under the same roof most of the time. But uh, on the other hand, I really think that sometimes uh, some sacrifices are worthy and in order to, to grow up. And yeah, I mean, money is not what's most important here. And you can waste some money if you gain some independence and definitely you mean to like have your own place and do your own adventures that kind of stuff yeah maybe you can share a room with other two people it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be comfortable most of the time yeah Uh, I think it's useful for you to to get a more uh what can I say fulfilled as well or complete person so so probably this is what I remember my my Italian boyfriend his um uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this um <laughs> his he was living at home and I moved to Italy so we were both adults but he was like still kind of living at home and he had this thing where <laughs> This is oh, funny to me, but maybe completely normal. And I hope I'm not making like fun of. But the, his mother would um, put out, like, obviously make his bed and and put out his pajamas folded kind of nicely on the bed. But but it was like ironed every day and folded nicely. And then when it was summer, she put out the summer <laughs> pajamas. And when it turned cold, then it was time for the like winter pajamas. And then that like whole you know, ironing the underwear. And I mean, like, there were so many things that I remember. I was, I was just like, oh, my God, if we stay together, is is this something that he expects? <laughs> I mean, he was he was very modern, actually. So not he was not like, he just kind of, like, she enjoys it. Let her do it. But, um, no, but still, I don't were... think it's something they, they expect, not all of them, at least. But... Mm, well I don't know I think it really depends from person to person actually on this point of view 
And plus, you know, here in UK, we don't have seasons, really. So they don't, they, we won't change pajamas from <laughs> one season to another. So I don't have yeah. this problem. No You're person. not going to iron the little baby pajamas every day, no? No, no. Just, <laughs> which seasons? I mean, like, it's always more or less the same. So it's easier. That's so funny. Oh, well, I love the name Teodoro, too, actually. And now it also makes me laugh. Oh, that's good. That's very good. <laughs> it's actually a common name here too in Sweden. Not Teodoro, but uh, well, Teodor. Yeah, it's the similar one. Um, so I know it well. Um, I wanted to ask you, since um, I mean, you're the only Italian actually presenting at the Rome yeah. Way Up North, right? Yeah. What kinds of things? I mean, if we're gonna for all those people listening that are gonna come to Rome, what what kinds of things would you say, um, like tips for just being in Italy? Is there something like, I mean, most tourists will like order cappuccino after they eat lunch, for example. That's a big no-no. No, yeah, no, you don't do that. That's like a rookie <laughs> mistake. No, yeah. For the digestion. Well, uh, <laughs> talking about food, um First of all, you have to accept to eat a lot because as Italians, we kind of tend to express our love through food. So if <laughs> someone appreciates you, he's going to feed you or she's going to feed you until you die, basically. So just accept it and go accept with it. Accept it and diet later. Yeah. <laughs> and plus we have very, very different um, uses okay about timing and food like we in Italy we eat everything very late and we take our time to eat so like the lunch break is not something that can be uh 30 minutes right. <laughs> like in Sweden it's kind of like okay hurry back here that won't happen there no, no. no. <clears throat> okay just no <laughs> and so take your time <laughs> And food-wise, well, there, there's not much I can say. I mean, it's really easy to to eat very well in Italy. So just uh, it is just easy one. On other on other point of views, I would say, yeah, probably try to speak with some local uh, people or or even to me actually, if someone wants to email me or uh, there are a lot a lot of things to see and visit in Italy, especially in Rome, that are not so mainstream as like the Fontana di Trevi, for example, which is awesome. You have to see it. But uh, if you really want to have an Italian experience and you need to, to find the way to chill out in Italian cities... And sometimes not having a huge amount of tourists around you. Oh, yeah. So, so <clears throat> if you get to uh, to discover some less known spots that are equally beautiful, just go there instead of just going too mainstream. Because there Absolutely. you get take your time, take your time for a coffee, wherever and. Invest something more for the coffee, but be sure you get the right spot to sit down and see people passing by and just enjoy just, yeah, la, la dolce vita. Exactly, <laughs> just chill. 
<laughs> so why speaking of coffee there i mentioned the the cappuccino thing i know that the non-italians will come to rome <clears throat> and they'll order lunch and then they will order a cappuccino afterwards yeah. but uh, afterwards sit, still yeah i know mm. tell me why don't you do that and what's the coffee rules because i mean i worked as a barista when i was in italy yeah. so i know them but i'm curious to hear from you what why well, why don't you take a cappuccino after lunch well, cappuccino is something you take as a breakfast or <laughs> maybe in the afternoon, but is mm, there's milk in it, so you don't really drink milk with anything else you eat. So it, it's like it doesn't make sense. Like it's it just the well, maybe somewhere else you eat you drink milk while you eat pasta, for example. But in our in our mind, you drink wine or water right. and that's it and plus when you take your coffee sometimes you want it corretto which means there's some alcohol inside typically i don't know grappa or um, sambuca or whatever else so you can really put sambuca or grappa into the milk because oh, yeah so you put it into the coffee or even better when you had your coffee after there are this, there's this tiny little bit of coffee that remains into the into the um, oh god what's the name <laughs> the the tiny thing you used to drink your coffee yeah the, the cup mm-hmm. the cup and then you put a tiny bit of grappa or whatever and in my region that's called resentin for example but it's not what it's called in Rome so. So that's because actually using the little like kind of coffee grains that are left over to mix with the yeah. the ah that's new and I that's what you that. do after lunch for example or yeah. after dinner <laughs> but yeah you get after your mm-hmm. lunch you get an espresso definitely you. yeah not a cappuccino and if you stop at the bar I mean coffee bar in the afternoon for like a I mean we have also a coffee culture here that you probably noticed in Sweden but then you would not get a cappuccino, you would get like also an espresso. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can have more or less whatever you want in the afternoon. It's fine. I mean, as long as you don't mix milk with seafoods, for example, Ooh. it's fine for us. Well, they do that. Like, because typically, uh, especially I have to say, German people do that. They come to Italy and they order, like, I don't know. Spaghetti allo scoglio, which is a pasta with uh, seafoods, and then a cappuccino as a side, which makes us like crazy because there's <laughs> no how. Like even if you think about that, like I mean, seafoods comes from sea, and meat comes from cows. They don't match. Like they're different words. So, yeah. oh, see, I love this about the Italian culture. I absolutely love these rules that are so. I mean, that it's just that for you is like, how could one even? I mean, where do you even come up with the idea to yeah, do this? Exactly. And just that feeling, like, what the, <laughs> you know. Like you don't mix cows with Fish. shells. It's as simple as simple as that. Oh my god, that's hilarious to me. And also, don't make the mistake of just ordering a latte because my mother did that when she came to visit, and she received 
latte yeah and just, yeah, just, just milk <laughs> yeah no we don't really have latte in italy it's something someone invented abroad i yeah, think and they italian put name. an italian name on it but we don't have it <laughs> don't have latte well it's gonna be great and i think um i yeah i would love some tips if you have some rome tips so i'll i'll um be in touch very soon to see of course for some course. ideas but um you might be male bombed now by email and that's fine I'm, I'm gonna have a lot of free times in the next couple of months yeah there may, there may be one week or so in which i won't be able to reply but well understandably so yes i think it's great that you're i mean great courageous whatever to to come with a little baby and like very just cool of you yeah, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be with his dad and and me. Yeah, and you. <laughs> so, you already promised. So wait. So. Yeah, and plus, you know, if everything gets really bad on the on the scene and everything, I can just uh, take the baby and say, "Oh, look, guys! By the way, <laughs> I have a cute tiny baby that can cover for whatever him. I said so far." Just use him for your own <laughs> benefit. Exactly. I mean, babies are cute, right? So I could even bring my cats so I have double cuteness and make them play together. And travel. <laughs> That's a great idea, Anna. <laughs> it's a backup, anyway. <laughs> it's a backup. So the next few months for you are winding down, spending Christmas in Italy, then eating. Um, um, Lots of meat. And if, yeah, like <laughs> there, there's going to be no tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I remember. I was actually vegetarian when I lived in Italy and I would go to a restaurant and like, I mean, that was so s- weird of me to be then, but, or there, because they would be like, okay, they, they like didn't know what that meant. So you'd go to a restaurant or a small village or whatever and you're like, okay, um, she doesn't eat meat. Okay. Um, so you want chicken? Uh, no 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 meat like yeah, whatever exactly. and then they'd come out with something that it had meat in it and they were like yeah but it's like almost no meat i mean like it's yeah, very it's much like ham it's half so meat it's uh, really yeah, it's ham. <laughs> so you're no, just yeah like, they, they just look at you like what's wrong with you what's like, wrong with you and also but if it's like mostly vegetables what's the problem <laughs> just like, yeah. they, they, they just don't get it i love but, it oh i miss italians so much so I'm looking well, forward to. You are going to be back in Italy very soon. So Back in the thick of it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I mean, in every way. This next, just to wind down, to relax, prepare for the baby, for the delivery. Yeah. I mean, uh, big stuff ahead for you. I'll try to keep my uh, shopping, uh, nesting uh, <laughs> issue <laughs> <laughs> well why and it's what's, what, what what's most fun on, in online shopping right now what do you look at when you're uh, well I'm trying to, to be completely honest I'm really trying to keep everything uh, zen and clean at home so even though I'm definitely not a minimalistic I have no minimalistic approach to the house so mm. uh, there's uh, but yeah, uh, I think I'm mostly shopping and looking for uh, baby clothes or, yeah, I think it's pretty, like, it's not really groundbreaking considering. But so fun, yeah. Yeah. It really is. Uh, we have an exciting time ahead. 
I can't yeah. wait to see this little Teodoro. <laughs> yeah. Teodoro. I'm sure he's he's really keen to see everyone as well. <laughs> Hopefully not too keen. Like that's <laughs> the right amount of right here, right here. <laughs> oh great. Seriously, good luck with everything. I'm so happy to have talked with you. This was fun. I already liked you actually before we even started talking, which I didn't want to say to jinx it, but I, I was like, like too relaxed almost because I was like, <laughs> that's, I, I was having some technical difficulty before us uh, coming on here, but I was like, we're already kind of friends. On my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice to hear. Thank you very much. So anyways, hopefully I'll get to see you in person then in, in April. Of course, can't wait. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, bye. Bye.